Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Let us attend to God's wisdom for us today in the reading of Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but they doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority on heaven and on earth hath been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Remember, I am always with you to the end of the age. This ends this reading of this holy word. May it be good news to us. Please pray with me. O oh God, you are the eternal, and yet you are the immediate. You have been here from creation, and you will be here at the end. And you abide with us. O God, your word shines and we abide in it and we are glorified for it. O God, in the midst of our doubts, in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of darkness, I humbly pray that I might reflect some of that light so that we all might find the way. I humbly ask that the words I speak, the meditations of our hearts and minds be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Today is Trinity Sunday, which is an odd Sunday or celebration in the life of the church or in the lectionary year, liturgical year. We have just kind of come down from the high holy days of Easter and Pentecost, and we're beginning this common time during the summer. This is one of the rare Sundays as as opposed to affirming some act or some story we find in scripture, what we've come to find is 
this doctrine that we hold, the concept of the Trinity. This is the day we celebrate when God was the original they, them, where he can go into any fine establishment and buy where it says, get one free for every customer and come away with three. At least that's the joke. The interesting thing about this text when we read it is that you might wonder why the Great Commission gets put on Trinity Sunday. We get the formula granted, baptize them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but it seems to be about baptism as opposed to any theological doctrine. I want to explore this seeming contradiction. But to do that, I want to start off with a line that gets almost thrown out after the fact. It happens at the beginning when they, when we open the scene, we have the disciples coming to this mountain, which they have been <laughs> affirmed to go to. They saw Jesus, they worshiped Jesus, and yet they doubted. This is an odd statement for me. It affirms something deep about the nature of faith, which I don't always think we understand in our modern context. Often when we see something or we do something, we assume that the doubt that we have goes away. Imagine for a moment you're a business person and you have been set to make a new product, if you will, and you've done your market research, you've designed this product, and you go and you bring it to the board and you say, look, I can make you this amount of money for doing if we build this product. So you go build this product, is liked by the community, they buy it, and then after you start reaping the rewards, you're like, well, it wasn't really a product I had much faith in. Or think about it, if you're a lawyer and you go in a court case and you stand in front of a jury and you say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm going to lay out this argument about the case. I'm going to lay an argument about the law. And I, I expect that at the end of the day, you will see my side of the story and you will find for my plaintiff. And then, so you try the case, you, you come, you give the best um, articulation of the law and the reasoning around your understanding of the law. The jury agrees with you they find for your side as opposed to the opposition, 
you go out in outside the courthouse and you go to the press and you say, well, we weren't really sure we were going to win. And I'm not really sure what this means for the case. Or that doesn't seem right. The third option is, you know, think about it in science, where doubt is a part of the nature of science. You come up with a hypothesis, you test something, you gather the data, you publish that in some type of report or paper, which hopefully gets peer-reviewed. Everyone thinks positively of this. You then are asked to speak about this research. You get up and you say, well, I'm not really sure what happened, but this is what I have found. And I'm not really sure what I have found. In some ways, that's what I get with the disciples here. They had been with Jesus from the beginning. They had seen his ministry. They had seen his miraculous acts. They had seen him in his good times and when he was alone. They had seen the crucifixion. They had seen the resurrection. And yet, they doubted. It's interesting here, the phrasing. Is that some doubted? They, there is no qualifier. They all doubted. So much of the nature of faith as we perceive it in our modern context is to think, well, I am a person of belief, therefore I do not have doubt. Which to me feels really ignorant of what the nature of faith is. For me to understand the role between Faith and doubt is to understand the relationship between a seed and a plant, or soil and a plant. Faith is, in some sense, the seed which is planted in the midst of doubt and truly fruitful faith comes out of doubt, grows out of doubt. Now, I know that is a contradictory image, but I think it's really important for us to understand. You know, so much of this is showing up even when we don't have all the answers. This is the nature of what faith is about. That faith is present with us in the midst of our doubts. Now I come toward the later half of the lectionary reading where we have this blessing and commission 
from Christ. Go, therefore, make disciples out of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. Remember, I am with you to the end of the age. It's interesting that we have the foundations for the sacrament of baptism here. Baptism, in my experience in ministry, is one of the most challenging concepts to try to communicate. And in my personal experience, some of the hardest conversations are not around race, or around gender, or around the politics of our faith, but actually the ones where I've had the hardest time is dealing with how people perceive baptism. Because often I'm asked to weigh competing requests for doing something or allowing something to happen. And it becomes clear to me that the person across the aisle doesn't really understand what I'm trying to get at when we talk about baptism. And within our faith, there's a lot of differing beliefs about baptism. I grant that. But... For me, from my Presbyterian background, from my lived experience of my own baptism, what is at the core of this worship service is not just a mere family association where we welcome a beautiful little baby into the world. It isn't about us all getting together around a baby and thinking, wow, this is a wonderful new life. It's more than that. It's about a sign of a covenant made with us with God, that God will be with us for all time, for all place, that that eternal presence is the Holy Spirit that abides in us. That presence is Christ who walks with us. My tradition, there's always a question asked of the group that's assembled, the congregation. Will you help this new member of your community? Will you lift them up? Will you support them in their faith? In that moment, we all say yes, but what we are affirming at some very key moment, key principle, is that none of us do this faith thing alone. We need to work with one another to help see where God is. 
For me, the covenant that we find in baptism is kind of like looking for a dog that gets lost. There's a story in my family when we were much, when I was much younger, that we were going on a vacation and time was the of the essence. And so I, this is the way I remember it. There may be other um, interpretations of the events. But my account has that I went downstairs to open the car to put, I think, my backpack in the car, not knowing that we had already packed the car with the dogs. And so one of our dogs, Sparky, immediately got out of the car and started running around the house. I shoved my backpack in and I tried to follow him, but I lost him. So I was scrambling to get my parents. So I'm walking around the house trying to say, trying to find Sparky. Saying, Sparky, Sparky, come here, let's go, let's go, come on, Sparky. We start walking around, or I start walking around the house one way. I don't turn around, but I keep on walking. Now, later I would learn that our neighbor who looked, her kitchen looked out on our, um, our garage, was seeing the commotion, and she sees Sparky run out, she sees me follow him, and then she sees that I go around the house, so I come on the other end, and I'm walking, and there's Sparky walking right behind me. She says in her telepathetic voice, stick with him, just stick with him. He will have to turn around at some point and see that you are right there. Remember, the other thing I might want to add is that Sparky was a very diminutive Boston Terrier, so he was fairly short. And so I was like, Sparky, Sparky, where are you, where are you? And so I do another lap around the house, and I apparently decide to go off into a wooded area, and Sparky keeps on coming around the house, and, and our neighbor says, what did you, you lost him? How could you lose him? He was right in front of you, to the dog. But that is kind of what God's presence is with us, and that's what the covenant of baptism is about, that I am with you even though you don't see me. I am present with you even when you're looking in the wrong way. I am with you in the midst of those doubts, in the midst of our fears. that if we only turn around, we might glimpse that which created us and sustains us and redeems us. That we as a church, through this covenant of baptism, 
we'll work with one another, we'll give ourselves a sanctuary where we can ask the questions of faith. One of them being, where is God in this moment? And that we will sit with one another as we all wrestle to understand what the answers are. For me to affirm both our Trinitarian and our baptismal covenant is to affirm something about the mystery about God, that God is with us in ways we can barely begin to understand, and that when we live in faith, we don't deny doubt, we don't cast doubt out, but we give doubt the ability to create the faith in which we can live into. We come to, and Dennis made reference to this, that this will come on our first year here. There's a lot of uncertainty still remaining about who and where we're going. I have faith based in my belief around the Trinity, in my belief around the covenant that God has made to me through my baptism, that if we sit and we work out that together, we can be in a better place. May it be so for us. Amen. 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 We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey.